You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Mike Goldberg. Joining me as always, it's Dave Lamell. I hope you're tuning in on YouTube Odyssey, podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Recording this from Kaseya Center on a Monday night, Miami Heat, after scoring 66 points in the first half, were held to 42 points in the second half as Minnesota's defense looked more like the number one rated unit that they've been this season. The Heat had a hard time getting anything against the Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, McDaniels front line. Anthony Edwards picked up Jimmy Butler late uh, in the fourth quarter. J- uh, Anthony Edwards finished with 32 points, including the dagger turnaround jumper with 20 sec- uh, 27 seconds left. The Heat lose 112 to 108. Tyler Hero had 25 points in his return. Bam had 22 in his. Jimmy Butler finished with 15 points on 5 of 12 shooting. Uh, a tough loss for the Heat. We'll talk about Miami's lineup decisions in this one, and we'll kind of go in depth on the returns of Taliero and Bam Adebayo and what they looked like in this one. Uh, but that's a good team in Minnesota. Yeah, it's tough to be too negative about this one because I think Minnesota just wind up playing their style of basketball, being very effective in the second half defensively, and then from that point forward, they just kind of rolled offensively as well. They had it going. Uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, he, he looked unstoppable. I, I, it doesn't matter. I just, a number of possessions there where he was defended well, whether it was Bam on a switch, Josh Richardson, Caleb Martin, whoever. It didn't really matter. His shots were falling. He looked fluid. And he wasn't even getting to the line a lot. He wasn't relying on getting to the free throw line. He was just knocking jumper after jumper or getting to the, to the rim with ease. And that kind of helped build this momentum for him offensively. <clears throat> Defensively, I mean, you pointed it out. Rudy Gobert was a monster in the paint, shutting everything down. They slowed down Miami considerably. Miami's yeah. transition offense in the first half was much better in the second half. They just really didn't have any easy way of getting the basket. No transition buckets from Jaime Jaquez or anybody else for that matter. And it just seemed like they just couldn't figure out a way of mustering any kind of offense whatsoever. Yeah, they scored like 130 points per 100 possessions in, in that half. first half. For the game, I don't have the second half stats uh, in front of me via cleaning the glass. But for the game, they ended up going from 130 points per 100 possessions in the first half to 112.6, finishing 112.6 points per 100 possessions. That's the difference between the greatest offense of all time in the first half. That was the rate with which they were scoring to a bad offense. Uh, And so, look, the Timberwolves are the number one rated defense in the league for a reason. That front line of Rudy Gobert in particular, he is putting together. he's, He's the front runner for defensive player of the year right now. And I don't think it's very close considering that Bam missed as much time as he did and what's going on around the rest of the league. That defense is really hard to score on. And the fact that the Heat had such an easy time in the first half is the anomaly. That's the exception, not the rule. I think a lot of Heat fans might be disappointed that they ended up blowing a 17-point lead in this one. But they had a lot of mid-range shots falling uh, in that first half. That defense from Minnesota was not playing up to snuff. And something happened in the locker room at halftime for Minnesota. They came back out. And they looked more like the team that they've looked like all season long. This is the number one team in the Western Conference. They have the best record in the West. That's a really good basketball team. That second half was much more representative of what they've done all season long. And so the fact that the Heat blew another double-digit lead, and it's been a problem for the Heat a lot this year, but I didn't really – I'm not as disappointed in this one just because of how good that other team is. Yeah, I I think that's exactly right. I I think 
you know, that's how it kind of feels uh, from this perspective is that, oh, it's another double digit loss. It's another blown lead, et cetera. But you have to kind of take all of these separately in a vacuum. And I understand they're indicative of a problem. And yet I don't know how much of it was Miami's failure to continue building on that lead or simply Minnesota playing their style of basketball. And you pointed out the defense is fantastic. Anthony Edwards, very, very good in the first half. I'm sorry, in the second half. Only four points in the first quarter, yep. 28 of those points afterwards. So yeah, I think that kind of tells the story right there. Uh, Eric Spolster pointing out that, that you know, that Edwards was just really, really good in the second half. He was unbelievable, man. Like, I don't even want to bury the lead here. If you look <laughs> at why one team won and why the other team lost, the number one reason is Anthony Edwards. He's the number one reason why Minnesota won this game, and he's the number one reason the Miami Heat lost this game. That guy is a superstar, and I don't know – I, I watch a lot of Minnesota games because I find them fascinating because of the Twin Towers lineup and because of Anthony Edwards' ascension. And one of the things that's standing out about the Timberwolves and why it is that they're so good this year compared to what they were last year, even though it's basically the same roster, is because of it's a lot of, well, the Gobert is healthy, Towns is healthy, they're playing well together, but it's a lot of Anthony Edwards just sort of being the guy. And he was the guy tonight. You mentioned it. Four points in the first quarter. Looked completely out of sorts. And man, we're sitting next together, next to uh, to each other on media row. And he starts making a couple of shots. And I, I turn to you and I go, here we go. Yeah. You know, and it's, it was, it was weirder when it wasn't happening. And that's sort of my point here. That guy is a superstar. And it was only a matter of time before right. he just erupted in this game. And he did, and he did it to the detriment of the heat. He had that game-winning turnaround jumper, takes Josh Richardson into the post with 27 seconds left, hits that turnaround fadeaway jumper. It was it was Dwayne Aid, it was Dwayne Wade-esque. It man. was it really was. It was. And and you can't you can't even be mad at it. There like, were a number of shots. Awesome. I was the number of shots that fell through the net and it didn't even stir. Yeah. Like it was these shots were straight butter. And so that's why I, I'm going to look at this as a positive. Not only do you get Tyler back and he looked fantastic in his return, Bam looked really good as well. I think if you're going to take any kind of real takeaway from this game is that Miami was able to hold their own against a very good team. Yes, Minnesota is on the road. At the same time, I think Miami showed their strengths. I think they're going to continue to build on this. They were missing Kyle Lowry tonight, who missed the game yep. due to soreness. And again, their depth continues to be such a great strength that Eric Spolstra has a number of different options that he can go to. Even tonight, he said, you know what? I started Kevin Love basically just because of the two, the you know, Twin Towers of Gobert yeah, and Carl Anthony Town. Yeah, exactly. That he wanted to make sure he put those bigs out there. And then he kind of tinkered with it throughout um, the game. I don't know that he found anything that he can necessarily right. – build off of too consistently in terms of who starts and who doesn't because you know we'll see different players in and out of the lineup throughout the rest of the season but their depth continues to be a strength and you can get a number of great performances you know lost in all this Jaime Hakez failed to reach double digit scoring I know he probably uh -huh. doesn't care about in that loss so he's not going to get close to Dwayne Wade's uh, rookie more. record of <laughs> consecutive oh, well. double digit games uh eight points just two points away man uh if he would have hit that one three-pointer he went three for eight overall tonight so yeah. I don't know not the best time a game. But look, I do think that this, it reminded me of the NBA Finals and that Miami just couldn't, they mm. didn't have an answer for the size. Mm. And if the Heat are going to struggle against any kind of team this year, it's the teams with size. It's why even in the Eastern Conference, I like Miami's chances against Boston more than I like their chances against Philadelphia mm. is because I don't know what they do with Joel Embiid. But I do kind of know what they're going to do with Boston, even though the Celtics are awesome and, and should be considered the favorites in the Eastern Conference right now. I'm just talking about matchups specifically, but the size is going to be an issue for the Heat no matter what. In that fourth, in that second half, Bam, Jimmy, Tyler, Duncan, Jaime, Caleb, those guys got swallowed 
every time they went into the paint. And that's just because they're not that big and Minnesota is enormous. And again, I want to reemphasize this. This is not unique. This is not a unique challenge for the Heat facing the Timberwolves. This is why this Rudy Gobert Cat trade or this Rudy Gobert trade and pairing him with Cat seems to be working out somehow for Minnesota because a lot of teams have this problem. Last year it struggled uh, to find our kind of chemistry. This year it's worked very well. Obviously, the record indicates that. Uh, their camaraderie, just the, 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 they look fluid. They look great out there. Uh, we should note no Orlando Robinson or Thomas Bryant tonight. Uh, were you a little surprised that maybe Eric didn't kind of tr- go with them to um, try something a little different, see if maybe their size might hold their own? I think the problem was obviously with those two players on the defensive end, like Carl Anthony Towns, Maybe not the most bullish player, although he did have a number of possessions where he was able to kind of bull his way past a smaller defender to get to the rim. He had a nice second half himself. And Gobert, obviously, with that size, Kevin Love matching up against him more often than not. I don't know that Orlando or Thomas would have done a better job than either Bam or Kevin Love tonight. I'll tell you why I was not surprised with Spo's decision not to play Orlando Robinson or Thomas Bryant. Plus, Spo didn't draw up a three-pointer for Jimmy Butler to take there at the end. We'll tell you why he took it anyway. Coming up next here on Locked on Heat. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're preparing for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to give you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Let's see. You've got Brandon Podziemski, Tari Easton. I'm sorry, <laughs> Tari Easton, Grayson Allen over in Phoenix, Jason James Wiseman, your old uh, friend over there from Golden State, Malachi Branham. Uh, you know, a lot of different options there. I think Allen should have a big breakout because obviously Bradley Beal is out again, Ugh. so he should probably get some more minutes. But I think Pods. His, his emergence in the starting lineup, especially as they go with a, a different look overall, Draymond Green, going to be missing some time there. I think he might be an interesting player that could possibly if, pick up his production. If you can pick up Terry Eason now, do that, man. That dude hit the other night like a turnaround 17-footer. I was like, what is going on? Like That guy has some live ball skills, uh, and he's obviously an awesome defender. He's going to get you like one or two steals a game. If he's available in your fantasy league, I don't know what you're doing. Go grab that guy. (laughs) There you have it. So make sure that uh, you remember Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball. He's going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. Like Everybody wants to make sure that their car stays healthy, that they get the parts they need, and to keep them running smoothly. Like your car is a part of your life. It's part of your identity. As much as you might not want to think of it that way, that's where it takes you from point A to point B. You go on road trips. You take the family out in that car. You pick up your date in that car. There's so many different things that you do in your car that makes it such a special part of your life. So why not take care of it? With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. From brake kits to LED headlights, to roof racks, bumpers, and so much more. Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. eBay's guaranteed fit, guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. 
Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Before we get to some listener questions, and then we are going to go in-depth our thoughts on Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo and their returns a little bit later on in the show. Uh, you asked me one thing about Orlando Robinson, Thomas Bryant yes. not starting. We do have some other rotation things that we want to get to here when we get to our questions. But, yeah, I wasn't surprised. And I wasn't surprised because uh, we have seen, particularly earlier in the season, when Spo started Kevin Love and Bam Adebayo, he'll just stagger those two guys. But like, those are my two centers. I'll start them both, yeah. and then one of them is always going to be on the court. And he really likes the partnership of Bam with Duncan Robinson for obvious reasons. That two-man game is well-established. But he also really likes the partnership of Jimmy and Kevin Love. Orlando Robinson, Thomas Bryant, these guys haven't really created a connection with any sort of perimeter player that 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 is that makes a whole lot of sense for Miami to base lineups around. Right. But Jimmy and, and Kevin Love have something really going on right now. And so does obviously Bam and Duncan. So it just makes sense to pair those two guys. And from a minutes load perspective, uh, Bam played 36 minutes in his return. So obviously he's all right. And then uh, Kevin Love played uh, just under 24 minutes in this game, 23 and a half minutes. So that seems about right for those guys. Maybe you would have liked to see in the first half Orlando Robinson or Thomas Bryant come in and spell dunk, uh, Bam a little bit so that it wasn't quite 36 minutes. You can kind of get him closer to 32, 33 minutes. Maybe that's a little bit better. But you're not going to – I think maybe some Heat fans are like, well, you got to match up with Minnesota's size. The one thing you don't want to do is do something worse than the other team. Orlando Robinson and Thomas Bryant, like Thomas Bryant, it's not been a great year for him. Orlando Robinson, it's been a little bit up and down, mostly down recently, but they're not as good as Rudy Gobert. They are not as good uh, as Carl Anthony Towns. So if those, they're not as good as Nas Reed. So if Minnesota is putting two bigs on the floor all the time, I think there's something to be said of, we're just not going to do that as well as them. So let's just try to do something different. And so often we saw Haywood Highsmith or Jaime Hawkins or something like that at the four, even Jimmy Butler, when the Heat would go small in lineups with Tyler Hero, Duncan, Josh, Jimmy, and Bam, they said, okay, we're not going to out, we're not going to beat these guys at their own game. So let's try to space the floor a little bit and, and create some other looks and create a kind of a, a, a different pace and feel to the game. So I was okay with it. And it's why I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been a little reactionary considering Miami had a nice lead in the first half and was able to build up a 17 point lead during that stretch. And they even looked okay in the third quarter for most of it. I, you know, to say all of a sudden, oh, get out there late in the fourth quarter, meet, see if you can keep Gobert off the glass yeah, or it match wasn't up even with like Carl Anthony Towns. Miami didn't have defensive issues in this one either. They held Minnesota to 112 points on a night where they shot 38% from three. Yeah. It was a combination that, was, of Edwards hot shooting. Right. Yeah. And then the terrific Minnesota defense. Like they have a number of players that can limit what you do offensively. Yeah. And even Edwards is a pretty good defender in his own right. Oh, yeah. When and, he's locked in, he's very good. He gave yeah. Jimmy Butler legitimate issues yeah. in the fourth Jimmy quarter. Jimmy only scored three and, points in the second half. Yeah, if we were doing blame pie, he would have to get a slice. Um, and, all, and Orlando Robinson and Thomas Bryant, they're not helping you on offense. And the issue in that second half was on offense, so it makes sense to put more skilled shooters, those guys on the floor, uh, when you needed it. But let's move on to our listener questions. Um, we'll get to the rotation ones here in a second, but an interesting thing here from Manuel who writes in, why does Jimmy always take quote unquote the shot? And he's referencing here late in the game, uh, the heat down by three at that point, I believe, right? When Jimmy, run that. Yeah. yeah. They were down either three or four Jimmy Butler, uh, the heat drop a play for the heat to go for a quick two, knowing that Minnesota is going to close out, try to take the three pointer away and that the paint would probably be open because they were up by more than two points. So 
They draw up a play to get a quick two, get back on defense, get a stop, go back down to the other end and score again. That was the game plan. Instead, uh, Bam Adebayo inbounds it to Jimmy Butler on the opposite side of the court. Kyle Anderson is closing out on him. Kyle Anderson stumbles on the closeout. Jimmy Butler decides, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take the three here. Eric Spolster after the game said, no, we drew it up for a quick two, but Jimmy went ahead and took the three. Uh, Jimmy Butler missed the three-pointer. Uh, the Heat ended up losing the game, but uh, and that was with 23 seconds uh, left in the game. So what was the score at that 109, point? 109-106. So, so, so they were just, it was a three to so tie. He went for the tie. He went yeah, for the so tie. not only was the three rushed a little bit, but he also thought that with Anderson falling there, he might be able to draw the What did you think of the decision? I, I think it was fine. I, I think, look, to answer the overall question about why he always takes a shot, well, it's Jimmy freaking Butler. I mean, he's the highest paid player on the team. He's their best player most consistently. I know sometimes he misses those shots, and sometimes he, he rather he didn't take them in the first place, but I think that's just the reality. We saw it with Dwayne Wade uh, before. When he, I mean, he's just going to be the guy who takes the shots. You remember the game winners. You forget the, the, the ones yes. that he's lost, and that's basically you, know, you kind of just take it for what it is. Yeah. And I think with Jimmy, uh, you know, he just hit a game winner two nights ago. So I don't think you can be too upset about his choice making. Go for the win. Go go for the tie in this case. But I don't want. I have no problem. Oh, he being thought aggressive. he was going for the win. Kyle, he th- Kyle he thought he was going to get a stumbled. four point play out of it. Well, Kyle Anderson stumbled, and he thought he could probably could just got he could get an open look, and whether or not he was going to get fouled or not. Like he got an open look, he felt good about it. It's a basketball game. Shoot the shot. I think sometimes we overthink this stuff. You mentioned too. We always remember the winning the winning shots. We don't remember the losing shots. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, they missed more than they made. Absolutely. They missed more than they made. So I don't have a problem with Jimmy Butler taking the shot. It's a basketball game in the final seconds. If you think you feel good about it, go for it. You're Jimmy Butler. You've earned it. That's why you take it. If it had got inbounded to Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson or anybody else also, I would have had zero problem with them uh, and they have taken, taken that shot before. But the reason they were going to Jimmy in that instance, and yes, they have, but the reason they go to Jimmy in that instance is because they drew it up for a quick two. Maybe there's, they know he's their best driver, and there's also he's also their best foul drawer. So you draw it up for a quick two, there's a slight chance that you also get fouled on the play, and you can get three the old school way. Right. But Jimmy decided that he wanted to take the three, and I have zero, absolutely zero well, problem with him doing it. he took the three because of Anderson's falling. So he right. thought, I suppose, that, so he thought, you know what? I'm going to take the three. No problem with Maybe it. get a foul with that Things as well. change in the Didn't middle of the play, well. and you go with your instincts, and I have no problem with it. Jack writes in, why was Josh closing the game and not Caleb? So Josh Richardson in the final five in clutch time over Caleb Martin. I actually had the same question to you on Media Row. I thought it was a little odd. Uh, and I got to say, I don't think I agreed with it. I didn't think this was the best Josh Richardson game. He was a minus seven in this one. Caleb Martin was a plus three. Caleb played 22 minutes in this. Josh played 26 minutes in this because of those final few minutes. The, the number there is 13. I think that's the number of points Josh Richardson scored over Hayward Highsmith, who did not have any. As you just mentioned, Highsmith. offense I don't was care a about Highsmith. Uh, Caleb Martin. Oh, I'm sorry, Caleb Martin. Yeah, Caleb Martin struggled. He was two too. points, one for five overall so from the 11, floor. So then, he went you off. Know, either way, I think you weren't getting much offense out of either Caleb or Hayward Highsmith. So I think that's part of it. Uh, you know, I, Josh provided a better look. He was feeling it late in the game. He had a couple shots in the fourth quarter. I think Spo was trying to go with somebody that he feels comfortable with who can provide some two-way impact there. He made some mistakes. I know you're you've been – not necessarily critical, but I think you've been aware of of Josh's mistakes more often than not this season, and I think that's part of it. So, you know, I I, I don't know if it was the right decision. I don't think I don't think it was. He he's not as strong as Caleb Martin, and they had Josh Richardson guarding Anthony Edwards at the end. And the kind of I understand I kind of have my foot in my mouth right now because I said you don't play Orlando or Thomas Bryant because you didn't need offense at the end. You needed 
or you didn't need defense at the end. You needed offense. And I'm kind of going the opposite now. But when the only player doing anything offensively for Minnesota was Anthony Edwards, and you're slotting Josh Richardson onto them, then that specific spot in the lineup needs to be defensive leaning. And Caleb Martin did a much better job guarding Anthony Edwards tonight than Josh Richardson did. Richardson, I, I'm I'm going to say he got beat on that Anthony Edwards turnaround. That's not necessarily fair to him because Edwards just hit an incredibly difficult shot. Oh, yeah, but other times he was just Anthony Edwards just was blowing by no, him, there pushing was, him out of the way. It, it was very similar to what we no saw defense. last week. The same point of attack defense. He he had an, a ball handler in this case Edwards, but there was a number of plays where it was somebody else. Even Carl Anthony Towns was able to bull his way towards the rim once, and then once he yeah. goes into the paint, collapses the defense, and then leads to wide open opportunity or a shot at the rim. It wasn't Miami's best defensive effort. So, you know, I, I think Edwards is an impossible matchup. I, I Again, I go I go back to the thing I said earlier. If you're looking for a number one reason why Minnesota won and why Miami lost, you start with Anthony Edwards. I, it, I don't want to put that much on Josh Richardson. I just thought Caleb would have been a smarter matchup at the end there just because I thought he would have given you a little bit more defensively than Josh did. But... Spo obviously decided to go with Josh Richardson, and and he lost, and and I, nobody will ever know if that was the right move or not. So, um, we'll talk about uh, the Kevin Love Bam Adebayo lineup here in a second. Plus, how did Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo look in their return, and what's one reason why I'm so optimistic about Tyler Hero starting? Mm. It's coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, and Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got great last-minute deals, all in prices, the views from your seat. So if you pick a seat, you can see exactly where it is that you're going to be sitting in whatever venue you choose and their best price guarantee, so you know that you're getting the best price for whatever tickets you're buying. Game Time takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat when you buy, like I said. You can get these all-in prices for your total upfront, so you know that you're getting a great deal without these kind of hidden fees. Everybody hates buying a ticket, and all of a sudden you're getting this and this fee attached to it. You're paying for a stadium at a place that you're never going to go visit for a team that you don't even care about. Why would you bother doing that? With Game Time, you know exactly what it is that you're getting. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. And you get $20 off your first purchase. That's the Game Time app. Create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Like the videos on YouTube if you're watching. Um, Terrence writes in, the Kevin Love and Bam out of bio lineup was a great counter to Cat and Gobert. Why did Spo go away from it so early in the third and never went back to it? David, what do you think? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you, why he went away with it. Because, I mean, uh, I think... Love was struggling a little bit. Not, not even struggling. He just didn't have as many offensive opportunities. But I thought he would have done a fine job on Gobert overall. Mm -hmm. And I think with his spacing the floor the way he was, I mean, he's the threat that was, I think, kind of greasing the wheels of Miami's first half offense to a certain degree. You know, it was either him or Duncan while they were out there. You have to be kind of responsible from a defensive standpoint of where they are at on the floor. I was a little surprised that he wasn't out there because I think I think he could have done a little bit more. Again, if he's not even hitting the the shots for the perimeter, at least he's drawing Gobert's seven foot five ass out of the paint so he can make it easier for somebody else. I don't know why he didn't go with it. I think some of it was just the lineup 
the rotation patterns in general, since it was just the two centers, you can't really play them a whole lot together. You start each quarter, or I'm sorry, you start each half with both of them, and then you're basically staggering them from there on out. Uh, had Spo decided to play Orlando Robinson a little bit, then you, maybe you could take both of them off the court for a little while and then bring them both on the court later in the third quarter, maybe to start the fourth quarter or something like that. But I just think it was the lineup patterns. Um, not closing with him, I think, was a decision that Spo had made before the game. Obviously, when you make your rotation decisions, you do that before the game, not just making them up on the fly. And he wanted to he wanted to finish each half small, uh, and I didn't have a problem with that either. So I don't have a problem with him not playing Kevin Love and Bam out of bio more minutes together. I just thought it was the rotation pattern, and it worked when they were on the court together. But again, the issue wasn't defense for them at the end. It was offense. To your point, Kevin Love was their second-best three-point shooter. Duncan Robinson was their best four for eight. Kevin Love was three for seven from range tonight. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just I didn't think it was that egregious. I didn't think it was that curious. I just thought it was the rotation minutes. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about Bam out of bio and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero made his return after 18 straight games missed with the right ankle sprain. Bam Adebayo makes his return after missing the last seven uh, as he was sort of nursing that that hip injury that's been bothering him all season long. Bam looked great, I thought, in this one. I know he only had uh, only. Well, he had 22 points, but on 10 of 22 shooting, so he was a little inefficient. Uh, had six rebounds, six assists, had a steal in this one. Did have four turnovers, so he looked a little rusty at times with the handle. The, there was a period there where you couldn't get a mid-range shot to save his life. He finally made a turnaround jumper in the fourth quarter and kind of put both palms towards the sky. It was like, finally, I think everybody in the arena felt it. But uh, overall, I thought he was moving well. I thought defensively he was as good as he could have asked for uh, in, in his first game back. And asked after the game, Bam Adebayo basically said he had no pain. He felt very good, no limitations. That's a good sign if you're the Heat. We'll start with Bam before we get into Tyler's stuff. No, I, I think you look great. Um you know, it was probably not the best matchup for him to come back to form against Rudy Ooh, threw Gobert. Threw the fire, didn't he? But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, overall, I think that kind of was the, the stifling of his offense late in the game was due to Gobert's overall strong yes. defensive effort. But he held his own against Carl Anthony Towns. He was great defensively against him. He had a number of good plays. He was a little rusty. I think the timing was a little off, too. We saw a number of missed passes, just overall misconnections that we don't usually see from Bam Adebayo. One play there late in the game where Josh Richardson was camped down the corner, pass sailed completely wide yeah. from Bam at a bio there, and they kind of just looked at each other like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, a mistake. Josh also you. floated up a little bit far from the corner, so I'm wondering if that was just an uncatchable ball to begin with. But there was definitely a miscommunication. Maybe. It wasn't a great pass regardless. No, it point. wasn't. So I, I think overall, though, I mean, there's a lot to take away from this as a positive. Like, he looked smooth. He looked fluid. He looked strong. He looked agile. I don't think it'll be a lingering issue for him moving forward, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to continue to be an impactful player as always. Let's talk about Tyler Hero. He gets the start in his first game back. Duncan Robinson goes to the bench. There's the end of that conversation, um, and I don't have a problem with it. Tyler Hero came out on fire. Uh, he had I don't even remember how many points he ended up having in the first quarter, but he had 25 points in the game, 10 of 18 shooting overall, one of six from three point range. I have that three pointer is going to come around. But the fact that he went 9 of 12 on two-pointers against the Timberwolves is incredible. He was a big reason why Miami had a 17-point lead early in this one. He was a big reason why they were even in the game in this one because of that. Uh, I thought he looked great. I thought he was making quick decisions for the most part. There was a couple possessions there where he dribbled the air out of the ball. But you live with those, uh, especially on a night where nobody else really had anything going in the second half offensively. And those possessions, to me, were mostly in the second half. So I don't have a problem with that stuff. 
I thought it was a great debut by Tyler Hero. Absolutely. And I think it, it reminds people what the Heat were missing because there was a number of plays there, David, where Miami's offense, and I, I'm talking specifically even in the first half, Miami's offense would bog down. And Tyler Hero would just be like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and score. I have the one play here. Um, but uh, no, it was it was in the second quarter, I believe. Yeah. They, they run a pick and roll. Gobert stifles it, just swallows it up. Uh, Gobert and McDaniels together just completely swallow the pick and roll, end it at, at basically at the trigger point. And if it had been Kyle Lowry or Josh Richardson in the game, yeah, they would have just said, okay, let's pass the ball, keep it moving, try to swing the ball to the other side. Right. And next thing you know, they're passing, they're passing, they're passing. 17 seconds left on the shot clock. Pass, pass, pass. Let's try a pick and roll. Screen over here. Let's do something. 12 seconds on the shot clock, four seconds on the shot clock. And then right. they get up a, a, a lame attempt at the basket. Tell a hero instead, of, he just skips all that stuff. He's like, you know what? Go Bears and drop. I got a little bit of a runway here. I'm going to go for it. And he just goes for it, attacks Gobert's chest, goes right into the body of a shot blocker, which is what, as a scorer, you're taught to do when attacking a shot blocker, and gets a floater to fall over Rudy Gobert. Uh, I was so impressed with that. And that is the kind of thing where you could turn something out of nothing that Miami's offense has lacked for the last couple of weeks. And and we saw a lot of that in the first half tonight. Yeah. I will happily eat crow on that. I thought he was going to be rusty. I thought he was going to be a little shaky given the, the nature of his offensive game and his repertoire. I thought, you know, again, having to push off that ankle was going to be problematic for him. He might not have that burst. Nope. He was great. He was fine. No notes. I mean, what else can you really say? I mean, to your point, maybe there were some possessions there. I recognized those later on where he was just kind of lost looking around, wasn't able to draw fouls perhaps as easily. But overall, though, uh, when he saw – Minnesota's defense. He was able to recognize exactly where, which spot on the floor he should get to, pull up effortlessly from that mid-range and knock down a few wonderful jumpers of his own. It'll be really interesting to see what happens when Kyle Lowry comes back. I imagine he's going to start. Caleb Martin maybe moves to the bench or he retakes the spot at the four. Kevin Love moves to the bench. They can always go with Haywood Highsmith back into that starting lineup. He only played 12 minutes tonight. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens Friday night against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, or I'm sorry, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday night in Orlando is the next That's game. That's a tough matchup for Miami. I think look, more size. More size, also youth and quickness and speed and everything else like that. So we'll see how it plays out for Miami. But uh, a welcome sight to see Bama to buy on Tyler Hero back. And hopefully they can continue to round into form. They'll be practicing, which is unusual for the day after a game. They'll be kind of working on their rhythm a little bit. Tyler Hero mentioning that he was kind of just getting adjusted, getting his wind back after missing so much time, and the timing was a little bit off. They're going to work out it in practice tomorrow on Tuesday, and then hopefully they'll get it back by shoot-around on Wednesday. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. Lockdown has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows, covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.